0: of Reagan, and before the rise of Seagal, Snipes, and Van Damme, there was an age undreamed of. Unto this land came Arnold the Austrian. He was a barbarian, a demigod, a killer robot from the future, and he was destined to wear the crown of Hollywood upon a troubled brow. It is only his chroniclers, Mike Gillis and Casey Doran, who can tell you of his legend. This is his saga. Podcast de la
1: Vista, baby. So, Casey, this is more fucking like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absurd? I think it's very absurd. Very absurd macho. Wall to wall.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, before we, we get into... This cinematic orgasm. I think we should probably introduce our our guest, Mr. Uh, Jeremy Whitman. Hey,
2: how's joining it going?
1: us. Yeah, hey, welcome, Jeremy. You we host the Rated '80s podcast, so it looks like we're right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. To talk about <laughs> hey. 1987's Predator, as directed by John McTiernan, who also went on to do The Hunt for Red October, Die Hard, like a year later. Mm-hmm. And later, to less fanfare, Last Action Hero. <laughs> right, right. And Jeremy, there's there's two things that we always ask our guests. The first one being that we are getting into one of the big tentpole Arnold Schwarzenegger classics. And uh, no, there are not scare quotes around that word. <laughs> we're talking serious. This is fucking art we're going into it's, here. It's like 30 years old. Of course it's a classic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going into one of the big tentpole Arnold movies. We want to know, what is your history with the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and are you a fan of the guy?
3: Oh, I'm definitely a fan. Um, my history was, since I was raised in a very, um, like a like a bubble boy when it came to movies, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't watch anything past maybe A Land Before Time. Also traumatizing. Oh, I would catch, traumatizing. catch movies like this on Channel 11's Action Movie Thursdays <laughs> during home church at my house. Oh. We'd have home church, and all the kids would go downstairs and- watch the action movie Thursdays, which is probably not in the spirit of home church. But But that's where I got to see a lot of the action movies. I never got to see them any other time. And uh, that's where I got to see my Terminators and my Predators and my Predator 2 with Danny Glover. (laughs) And most of my introduction to Arnold Schwarzenegger because I don't think anything that he had made up until I was about 17 did I get to see an uncut version of.
1: Oh wow. So yeah. how was that like getting hit with the full double barrels of all of the <laughs> just, the blood explosions and the squibs and the death?
3: Yeah. It, well, in the 80s they didn't really edit for content that much, right? They <laughs> right. were just they didn't worry about too much violence being on the screen. Well, they, they edited just, the the language. The language. Mostly. You sit here terrible it or voiceovers. Yeah. 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 Have an Italian guy come in and <laughs> do like a dubbing, but the weird thing about that experience was that my bedtime was 9.30 and Action Movie Thursday lasted till 10. So I never got to see The Good Guys whenever. <laughs>
1: oh, you just got to see yeah. Arnold brought to his lowest point. Yeah, it was
0: exactly the apex in the movie. <laughs> and then go to bed, Jeremy. So I, I, have, a, I have a similar thing with Predator because the first time I saw it, uh, my parents had a, a satellite set up at our new house, but they didn't have a discrambler. Mm-hmm. So you could key in... The, all the movie channels and it was HBO or Showtime or whatever. And so I remember watching this movie because you could hear most of the sound but the picture was all sort of blurry and uh, you know, the bars broke everything up. But I distinctly remember the shot of Carl Weathers' arm being blown up, <laughs> falling down and still firing as it's de amputated. De- yeah, I remember that very clearly. We
3: had sort of the same cable de-scrambling thing, but I never watched a premium movie channel with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, oh. well there are other things yeah. Yeah. Off,
1: Off-brand movie channels. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So let's let's get into this shit. Yeah. Let's get in- into the shit <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talk about Predator. So the other question I want to ask you, Jeremy, is... Could you recap just a little bit? Sum up what the plot of Predator is about. What is this movie
3: about? Uh Carl Weathers teaches an alien how to get good deals on things <laughs> discount, there discount is prices almost on schools. No plot. It's just getting them to fight a monster. Yeah. I mean there's almost nothing there aside from that. There's a glistening arm wrestling match <laughs> and some sort of betrayal which doesn't really hold any water carl weathers kidnaps an underage girl from a foreign country and then fights an alien (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's how it goes i that's not a plot right (laughs) it's kind of weird because it is kind of a basic hunting humans
1: movie in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways but instead of having it be some rich asshole with a bunch of fat americans following him around (laughs) it's like this ultimate alien warrior Mm -hmm. trying to kill this team of badasses
0: you know i i I had this as you know there's There's just enough plot here to suspend disbelief, but not enough to make you think at all. (laughs) Like There's just enough to where you want to be like, plot inconsistencies? Turn that part off. It really trims a lot of the stuff out of it that you don't want to
1: see. It's kind of the perfect movie to watch while you're at a party. Everyone's had a couple drinks. We're not really into long talky scenes. There's there's (laughs) very
0: little dialogue in the last half of this movie.
1: There's probably about five minutes of plot where Arnold lands in that... I don't know where they are. They're in the jungle. Actually, you know what? The this is the first time on the podcast of La Vista Baby that we're gonna be talking about Val Verde. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Val Verde? I am. Oh yes. Yeah, of is, course. The fictional Central American country that has appeared in at least three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, a bunch of them from this actual movie studio, but it's actually also in the movie Commando, right. the country that Arnold is tasked with re-overthrowing, so you get the impression that... (laughs) It has since transitioned into an island state in commando. (laughs) It's always something, but yeah, it's it's a place that heavily muscled guys go and blow the shit out of every few years. (laughs) It's basically... This is what my understanding of just 1980s Central American foreign policy is is really ripped out dudes showing up with giant
3: guns blowing the shit out of stuff and then little richard playing yeah
0: <laughs> That's no a no russians are
3: allegory there. for what the cia did to the democracies <laughs> so of south right. america
0: <laughs> <laughs> but in these movies, it's obligatory that there are that there are Russian infiltrators. And that's how you know that there's mm-hmm. a serious threat, right? They've got military advisors from Russia. Fuck! Did you recognize the Russian guy? Yes, Sven-Oli Thorsen. Sven-Oli <laughs> Thorsen there. is kind of like... Who's, who's like a Swede. <laughs> so, but you see, it looks
1: weird. Well, it's he, okay. He doesn't talk. It's yeah. probably a good idea not to have <laughs> Sven-Oli Thorsen <laughs> talk too much in your movie. Because maybe he exists. It's sort of you can grade the dialogue on a curve because then Sven-Oli Thorsen <laughs> is less understandable than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is like fucking Lawrence Olivier in comparison. But actually, that was actually one of the things that really hit me watching this one, especially with the context of the movies we've watched so far, is
0: that Arnold seems really fucking comfortable in this movie. Yeah, and this is actually before Running Man. So mm. the um, Jesse Ventura talks about how this was his first time that he was cast out of the WWF to be in a movie. And then Arnold was sort of like, I like what you did here. Just do the next movie, and that the next one was Running Man. They came out in the same year. This one was filmed first, and you get the sort of I got the sort of sense watching Running Man where I'm like, I think his acting improved from the beginning of this movie to the end. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that he did Predator before, I was like, Arnold has already well established what his persona is and is able to play that badass so convincingly, especially like gr- grueling jungle combat badass scenarios. He's already got it locked down here. He's
1: dressed like a military badass with the sleeves torn off. All of the characters in this movie, remember that video game Gears of War? (laughs) Where it's these impossibly ripped guys who are tatted out militarily and Mm. they're just covered in bullets and The only part that they have no clothing on is their arms because you just assume that they are so ripped that they just haven't invented (laughs) sleeves that can contain these arms. And I guess that's one of the things in this movie, too, is that the the guys in this movie, according to the documentary on the DVD is that they would get up at four in the morning and do shitloads of running through the jungle and pull-ups and lifting weights so that by the time they started filming at, like, six, they were just bulging and shiny and it looked like they could barely bend. (laughs) I heard
3: that Carl Weathers would actually exercise in private so all the rest of the guys just assumed he was just built that way. (laughs) Factory. Fresh in the box. He just always looked
1: like that. It's just like, just imagine what Carl Weathers would look like if he exercised. (laughs) Yeah. The (laughs) the onset
0: macho bullshit must have been out of control. That's what I love about this
1: is that (laughs) I think it's kind of interesting because this is Arnold at probably the height of his career. This is as big as he probably ever got. This is post-Terminator, post-Conan.
0: This I mean, is I mean, you say that, but I think Terminator 2 Terminator is as big 2, as yeah. it ever got. But this, oh, okay. is, this is sort of his, this is at the elbow of the curve up, you know. If you're talking about that curve where he just launched into the stratosphere, 87 was the year. I think this is sure. the year that it sort of like we established what an
1: Arnold movie was. It's right. like he was kind of cooking. That's why when I look at Running Man, it's kind of interesting because it feels like that was a movie that came before this. Because yeah. he seems more comfortable in this role in Predator. He seems a lot more like an actor rather than a bodybuilder acting yeah. you know yeah. as you actually see this guy you actually see things working behind his eyes as he's skeptical of things that carl weathers is saying to him you see him thinking you see yeah. him actually having moments of like camaraderie with his guys and it actually feels like arnold is finally an actor at this moment where he's not just playing a robot that barely talks that he's not just... I mean, he <laughs> People lump such praise
3: on him for his performance in Terminator, and yeah, I think he's pro- not you know. that great in Terminator, honestly. I oh. like him in the first Terminator.
1: Um, mm. I think his movement is what makes him really work in that one. But in this one, I think that's kind of interesting, and this is, I think, the debut of Arnold's signature haircut that he has <laughs> oh, had ever wow. since, a grown-out, flat-top kind of... You're probably right. Because, you know, there's a lot of haircuts that he has early in his career where it's kind of like that... Almost Joey Lawrence floppy haircut. It's the one that he has in Terminator before he catches on fire. Right. <laughs> and you sort of see him have that same haircut in Running Man. You see it in a lot of other things. hes I don't know if he grew his hair out for Conan. But I assume he's wearing a wig. But, hmm. I mean, this is the Arnold haircut. That every movie that happens after this, mm. this is the haircut he has. Right. I know when Commando is a couple of years... No, wait, Commando might have been first, but it's almost a half mullet in that movie.
3: <laughs> oh, Arnold with a mullet would be the greatest, like a it's, full-on Randy Johnson. <laughs> it
1: looks like it's, it's the beginning of a Randy Johnson. It's a little bit longer in the back. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like he's aspiring to Randy Johnson, but hasn't gotten it yet.
3: No, we're all aspiring See, Randy I, So
0: I read this about this movie, uh, and I didn't know if it was actually true, is that this the script of this movie that has a bunch of different writers... One of the people actually was David Peoples, the rewrite guy who was brought on to do the second, the big rewrite of Blade Runner, actually. Mm. Um, it was originally a joke script, a joke treatment, turned into a script uh, that was these, after was it after Rocky 3 or after, after Rocky 4. Someone was like, Rocky oh, needs yeah. to fight an alien. The and only so, thing left is to fight yes. an alien. <laughs> and so they actually made the script where it's Rocky fighting an alien. Somebody, they bought it. And then they ended up reworking it as Hunter, which is the script that it went at, mm. to John McTiernan. Which, I don't know if that's true, though. That might have just been, like, apocrypha. Because I had heard that this was actually a spec script
1: by the two brothers. I think it's Jim Johnson and... Yeah, and I think those are the guys who wrote the... No, the... Jim and John Thomas yes. were the two writers, yes. the brothers who wrote Th- it.
0: John Thomas.
1: <laughs> John Thomas. <laughs>
0: their, their name, his name is just Dick. Yeah, they, uh, they went
1: on to actually re uh, do the script
3: for Predator 2.
1: And then the one that I'm really sure they're not proud of, they actually wrote
3: the script for Wild Wild West. Oh! Under the direction of uh, Kevin Smith's other archenemy, crazy giant Spider-Man. Oh, John Peters. Yeah.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You could uh, you could do have a whole podcast about that dude's psychology.
3: <laughs> I believe that the villain in uh, the HBO series Silicon Valley is vaguely inspired by him, actually. <laughs> I would not be so surprised. check out season three of Silicon Valley and send in your emails if you believe that as well. <laughs> so, so Arnold's team in this movie, this group of badasses that
1: apparently have the authority to turn down missions. Well,
3: are they soldiers or are they mercenaries? That's what I was going to yeah. ask. It was a huge yeah. debate. We actually did an episode on this on my, on my jam, and that was a huge fight we got into. To during the course of the episode, my co-host is dead now, um,
0: <laughs> because he insisted that they were mercenaries. They have that
1: kind of vibe to
0: them. Well, they, mean, bring they, their, they bring their they bring their own equipment. They dress the way they want to. Yeah, but it was the '80s. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I do kind of like that when they show up and they're getting out of the helicopter. They're all wearing their individual gear. I like that Bill Duke is wearing a suit. Right, One and uh, done, like Jesse, a Hawaiian
0: shirt. Yeah, <laughs> right. Jesse Ventura has got that MTV, MTV. T-shirt. <laughs> so on. fucking fantastic!
1: I love that. it happened. he's wearing it throughout the movie too. Right. He gets when the alien finally fucking murders him with that like death ray. It goes right through his chest <laughs> and destroys the MTV <laughs> logo. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) i'm really sure that if it wouldn't been rated r they could have turned that into
0: an mtv commercial (laughs) i just love how they because i think arnold talked about how he liked the idea of this script because he was sort of sick of doing the i'm the one man army Mm -hmm. sort of things he liked the Mm -hmm. idea of having a i think you put it like a magnificent seven or a wild bunch sort of idea where he's with a bunch of different guys going on an impossible mission sort of thing but what I love are those little character affectations, like the MTV, uh, uh, the MTV shirt, or the tobacco spinning from yeah. Jesse Ventura, or the pussy jokes from <laughs> Shane Black.
1: I love the <laughs> fact that all these guys in this movie actually are characters. Yeah, they, it would be so easy to
3: make this a bunch of Ma- Max Razor like. Yeah, so K- they could be so. Can generic. I ask a question about the end of the movie? At sure. this, at this sure. juncture, why does it think that it's the in the credit sequence the end of a sitcom? Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an eighties sitcom. <laughs> is mugging at the Except camera. usually it'd be like, and this person opened a convenience store down the street. <laughs> and it's, it's, corpse, it's, corpse, it's corpse, corpse, corpse. It's like the end of a fucking, fucking animal mm. house yeah. or <laughs> It's just
1: like, yeah, they are. It's like, it's like they should have, like, you know, birth date through 1987 yeah. under their name.
3: <laughs> and they're all listed as MIA because the government's not going not gonna to admit there's predators out there.
1: Instead <laughs> of doing the sitcom moment, I would have been sorely tempted to have them all have their death scenes during that. <laughs> yeah. Guy gets Smash this log. Shane Black reading like... a comic book and then a laser
3: flashes <laughs> <through> his head. <chest. laughs>
1: oh my god. Yeah. So that is a good question whether these guys are mercs or not. I think I might side with Rusty just a little bit. I get the impression these guys are off the books guys that only work for the U.S. military, so they'd be like completely disavowed. Okay, here's the truth.
3: The movie doesn't know. The movie has no idea. The movie doesn't know anything about itself. This is the least self-aware, most awesome thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Because there's seven character arcs and there's only five people in it. (laughs) (laughs) And none of them had characters the first half of the movie. But once that predator shows up, they're like having these huge character arcs that make no sense at all. That's the thing I actually kind of like about this movie is that it feels
1: like a sequel to another movie about this same team <laughs> yeah, right? because they right. seem to have these built-in relationships with each other. I mean, yeah, you fucking know... Bill
0: Duke has a soliloquy in the moonlight, you know, when he's, he's mourning the death of uh, Jesse Ventura's character. You're like, where the but fuck did But they've never exchanged words. No, yeah. no, they didn't. And it, The only thing i Mac only, inter- you know, he's only just talking shit to Carl Weathers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all he's ever doing is telling him to shut the fuck up and then he's going to He also him.
1: poked that scorpion off of him. That right. was a cool scene because they, they have that moment where this is the guy who sent us into the meat grinder right. and he totally lied to us about what this mission was. He's like, come over here. <laughs> over Home. here. Yeah, I, I love it. What's that? Stabs. And you see the knife come out and you think he's
3: going because he'd already threatened to leave him bleeding in the jungle. <laughs> I'll put a point in the Merc column for that one. <laughs> i <I'll laughs> like murder you and leave you here.
1: But yeah, they seem kind of like they're loyal
0: to themselves, and they can turn down missions. Well, but they but they follow orders. Like they all are following Arnold's lead, Dodger's yeah. lead for sure.
1: And I do kind of like that. I like the fact that Shane Black's character, his whole his whole scene in the movie, this whole bit is that. He keeps telling these increasingly dirty jokes to Billy, who's like this. St- I guess he's the
3: ranger. If
1: you're going to use D anD D, different classes. <laughs>
3: yeah. oh, he's the magical Native American. Yeah, <laughs> it is. He is. he's
1: this like he's just sort of the angry stoic guy who ain't afraid of no man and. Uh, <laughs> His whole tale, Shane Black, is that he just wants to make this angry, stoic guy laugh. And I love that. I love those little things like He doesn't like that.
3: laugh until he's killed upwards of 40 people. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's actually one of the things I love about this movie is that there's times that the Predator is just spying on them. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to the Predator's POV shot. And the voices of the the characters that we've been following are so distorted so that your billy's laughter is yeah and it's just jarbled. it doesn't sound like english so it's like yeah this is what it would fucking sound like if i went to a foreign country and just started murdering people it's just some like people making weird sounds i don't understand what they're talking about
0: can i point out though speaking of the the predator the predator vision which i think like the big special effects feature is the camouflage of course mm. but the predator vision is a big thing that sort of sells that's the monster's pov that sort of sells like the the anticipation and the fear of what's going to happen um like that's the shittiest possible vision that a hunter could have yeah he's walking through the forest oh, you yeah? can't see like he couldn't see a t-rex right right exactly <laughs> it's just like that he couldn't he like sometimes you can see him and he sees almost nothing except for like the body heat that guy would be tripping over branches he's gonna be a <laughs> terrible terrible hunter. what if the
3: jungle is 98.6 degrees that day right <laughs> <That's the laughs> you're thing is, blind right <laughs> it should be fucking hot
1: out so mm-hmm. it should be like that would hide people past a certain maybe it's cooler in the ground i don't know but actually that's one of the things from a Just throw out the logic, enjoy the experience Mm, of the movie perspective. I like the fact that the thing with this movie that I really enjoy is how claustrophobic it feels. That you have, like, vision of maybe 10 feet away from you at any given time. It feels like you're constantly in a tiny valley.
0: They're repeatedly talking about the geography, but they never show it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, well, there's the thing that's interesting. I'll bring up the idea of geography. So there's, like, the big, like ten thousand feet geography which we don't know because we're in the middle mm-hmm. of the jungle with everyone else but i mean action movies this is a really good uh case of an action movie where they very very uh capably establish the physical geography for the action to happen in you're there's very few times when you're confused at the as to where they are in relation to each other to and to the predator and to sort of these these elements and that's that is difficult to do. You know, nowadays, if you watch an, like a shaky cam action movie, it's difficult mm. for you to tell where the fuck everything is going on. You, you can't even follow the characters. You, you can't follow mm. where the characters are if they're in danger. This one, they, they were able to do that in the fucking jungle. Like yeah. you get a that, especially the whole uh, refugee uh, guerrilla camp sequence in the very beginning. That one was uh, yeah. so amazing. Is there well even done. a rare? Is there not? I don't think there's a huge
3: wide shot of that guerrilla sequence or I mean the guerrilla camp itself, but it works. Like the whole time, you know what's going on with those people.
0: That's what I. It's really good. And I there's love no it.
3: wide shots of, that show you a valley at any point. They're constantly. We've got to get through the end of this valley so they can get the chopper. Oh, yeah. You I never love, see a valley. I love it feeling,
1: works. Yeah, it works. It's a closed in. And mm-hmm. what I kind of love about predator vision is that the predator is so easily sees them, but they can't see shit. They can hardly see each other. And I like the mm-hmm. idea of, for them, this would be the best place to hide if you were running from anybody except for this one dude who happens to be hunting you down (laughs) one by one. And that's what I just kind of love about it, is that it feels so relaxed that everything feels so sweaty throughout (laughs) this whole fucking movie. And everything the Predator sees, except for them, is blue. Mm -hmm. It's blue with these red, orangey blobs that move around with (laughs) dialogue and stuff like that. And actually, Casey, you pointed this out to me. It's his neat little touches in the movie is there's this scene where the Predator is watching him after they fucking cleaned out that that camp of gorillas, mm-hmm. and Arnold throws out that cigar, yes, and yeah. you see that one little spot on the ground going quiet, and it's like, holy shit, that's his cigar right there, giving off right. a heat signature. That's a bit of detail that a lot of movies would have missed. Right. The same thing with the dead scorpion, as the Predator is trying to figure out where things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the little touches that I really like in this movie, because the the movie knows exactly what it is, I think it does it really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it knows it's about the experience, but I want to really talk about that attack on the the guerrilla camp.
0: Yeah, with so, the, uh, I, I'm hard pressed to find a, a a example a set piece of an action of an '80s action movie that sells that whole thing as well as this. Because obviously, <laughs> you just have like the you have Russians, mm-hmm. check you have. South American, probably communists or whatever sympathizers you have uh, a k forty sevens you have women hostage you have hostages you have uh, native women holdouts, and then you have a fuel dump and a helicopter and everything is everything is rigged to blow oh, <laughs> I love it and, they're, they're man, and, and a man calls an audible right at the jump and uh throws a truck at them yes <laughs> that, that's, that's what's great is they have this like everyone's like what the fuck is he doing i love it <laughs> the,
1: the pickup truck and it's one of those instances in an arnold movie where he does something that you'd have to be fucking spider-man to do <laughs> you lift the back of this truck with your bare hands I love it because that truck seems to be powering their entire village, yeah. <laughs> and somebody's in there just idling on it, just giving it a little bit of gas so that they can play cards and see <laughs> themselves. and I just I fucking love it because he picks it up and just sends this thing barreling with like a, a, it's plastic a bomb on it a yeah. bomb and sends it. but I love Jesse Venturas. what the fuck. Fuck. His reaction and it just
3: blew. Oh, that was when someone told him about nine eleven truth. Or something. <laughs> His eyes opened in that moment. He's like, yeah. "This looks like a false flag operation, <laughs> Bilderberg."
1: <laughs> uh, but I fucking, oh, and I just, I fucking love this action sequence because Jesse Ventura has like the best gun oh, in yeah. all oh of my God. It's like he's playing Doom. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I fucking
0: love it. I mean, he's just.
3: A hip-mounted Brrr. minigun. Yeah.
0: No, he's he's uh, he's able to like turn around and take out targets with it. It's something that it needs is normally be mounted to like a tank or a helicopter. He's able to just like do it with his with his torso. You know, just what? not that's only that. I think he gets the best hat of anybody in the group because he's got that like you know that he, uh, he gets the best one-liners. Yeah, he gets mm-hmm. the best one-liners. That's the thing that about this movie is about Arnold one-liners. He gets like one-liners like stick around and you're one ugly motherfucker. But I mean, come on. The slack jawed F <laughs> star 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 O T S yeah <laughs> that's I, so so good a he, goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus I just love
1: it is it? I mean I could you can you know exactly what the next line's going to be it's like hey man you're hit you're bleeding I ain't got time to bleed
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, no like, it's so and you know what Arnold doesn't say I'll be back in this so he no. sort of gets trumped his one-liners sort of get trumped in between pussy jokes and uh, and both Billy and um, Jesse Ventura doing their one-liners I think he doesn't get as many of them
3: Arnold's one-liners all occur in this sequence that we're talking about and yeah. it seems like he thinks he's shooting a different movie for just that 30 seconds that they happen it feels it's, like his, his the entire... stick around thing yes. like everything else about this movie in combat seems very stressful to these people but he just goes on vacation for a minute and kills eight people and has little quips to himself like... this is Tuesday to him <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what's great about it it's like this is what he does he mm-hmm. kills
1: people he makes some puns mm-hmm. he usually but gets chopper
3: if it's for a good hostage-rescuing cause, yeah. man's got to have a code intelligence. Hey, only, only <laughs> rescue yeah. missions. Only yeah, rescue we missions. We're not the
0: assassins. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a, a point of uh, of convergence with the Running Man too, right? Is that he's also the guy who you know is, can kill everyone, but he also is a good guy. And they ex- they explicitly in the beginning of the movie, they're like, "I will not fire an unarmed civilians." And this is it's only rescue missions. And we're like, "Come on, we didn't see here see you come to this movie. We didn't come to this movie to see you fucking like." Uh, pick someone up out of a helicopter and not kill anyone we came to the movie to see you kill everyone yeah this is
1: a thing where you know he's not in a rescue mission right now but it doesn't fucking stop (laughs) him. they're so
3: angry with carl weathers because it turns out to be not a rescue mission but they five minutes if they got in there five minutes earlier they could have rescued a guy would they still be upset with carl weathers because remember one of the hostages gets executed right when they get there yeah and then they you threw us in the meat grinder. <laughs> I love you to step a little lighter.
1: <laughs> and then Arnold's smiling like it's Christmas, so how angry is he really? Because, I mean, he gets to kick a door down and go knock, knock, and shoots a guy and blasts him so hard that he blasts out of the back wall of the cabin they're in. I fucking love that. Knock, knock. I mean, there's like, Jesse Ventura lights up this bad guy who's shooting people from a tree with a machine gun, and he blasts him with this minigun, and the dude bursts into fucking flames and falls out of the tree. He was like made out of gasoline or something. I mean, everything about this, everyone's got, you know, that guy's dug in like an Alabama tick. I mean, it's just, everyone's blasting with giant fucking guns. There's opportunities for their their baby oil glistening arms to, to shine in the sun as they're finishing people off. The other one, the stick around line. Arnold hucks this knife at this dude so hard that it goes all the way through his torso and pins him to a wall like he's part of your fucking butterfly collection. And he looks right at the camera and goes, stick around.
3: The best, my favorite part of that. So once they get everything done, they've had their first argument with Carl Weathers. They're packing up to leave. Arnold looks at one of his guys and goes, No traces.
2: <laughs> what do you do with them?
3: <laughs> like, did someone drop a cigarette butt? Maybe pick that up. But there's no way yeah. that you're putting this all back together. He's going to
1: walk around with tweezers and get all of the bullets. No traces. Out of you're going
3: to have to go out and recruit more gorillas and train them. To... How
1: many bullets were just
3: fired in the yeah. last five? You blew minutes? up a helicopter. <laughs> no traces. What are we going to get? Local jobs, establish credit, <laughs> buy a new helicopter full of Russians and put it here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not he's to mention the
3: F-350 you threw. So,
1: do you think he's just telling Bill Duke to go around and pick up all the empty shell casings? <laughs> here you go. You're going to rattle walking out of here. i that. They didn't
3: even straighten up the files Carl Weathers <laughs> gathered to the wind yeah. and decided a girl he can't even communicate with probably has more information than actual paper. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's
1: what I love about this movie is that it sets up. This moment where you get to see these guys as the ultimate badasses before you start seeing them yeah. turn into children who are yeah, just getting picked off so fucking yeah. easily,
0: and 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 the, the the first thirty minutes of the movie are totally deceptive, right? Because it builds up to this huge release of action, and the for like the last hour, which. I you know I, we watch this movies a lot when we do these for podcasts Vista. I will probably watch them like five or six times. I can't tell you how many times I fell asleep at like the 45 minute mark because <laughs> it does slow down considerably yeah. when they're getting through the jungle and they're being hunted and then it kind of turns into jaws for a while yeah yeah mm. yeah um, so it is kind of like it's two different movies a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah.
3: Well, there's times that works and times that doesn't. No one gets on Psycho's case for being absolutely a movie that changes gears, turns around, and flips right. you upside but, down. But i but, are and, and, not know. talking Chronicles of Riddick level no, here.
0: We're not, and we're, no, we're certainly not talking about a Stanley Kubrick movie, right? Mm-hmm. For He's famous for that. But let's be honest. This is no Stanley Kubrick. No. <laughs> this is a movie where
1: a man kicks a vulture.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'd love to see a Stanley Kubrick version of this, the 95-hour-long Predator movie. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: I would wow. love to see a stage production of Predator. do you really think about <laughs> the fact that there, aside from that one battle sequence with all the pyro, there really isn't a very big cast in this movie, and you could just set up a jungle sequence and do like a high school production of Predator. <laughs> Predator.
0: <laughs> 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 it just, they did. It, they did. It. So so Stan Winston deserves a lot of credit for the Saving character. the movie? Yeah, for saving the movie. Because <laughs> yeah. if you watch the DVD feature, you see the original alien concept, and it's terrible. It looks awful. It, it looks like,
3: horrible. Well, they wanted something that's impossible. They wanted yeah, flamingo right. legs on their alien. <laughs> right. Because yeah, right. that's terrifying. Flamingos. <laughs> and <laughs> and to, to run around with flamingo legs where
1: there's roots and trees, mm-hmm. and there's no even footing anywhere. It's like, if you want to see a dude in a foam costume fucking fall on his face a bunch of times, invent that costume. Well, so you're speaking have, to of, have
3: him run backwards. Right. <laughs> The only way of doing. Do you it, know who the guy was that knees. was going
0: to be? Do you know who the guy was that was going to be running in that costume before they changed it? He was running yes. in it a lot of the time. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes. <laughs> well, <this is> <laughs> who? We would have had a JCVD in this movie if he wasn't so much of a pussy. I yeah. think he is in the movie, but he's masked out. Yeah. So. I
1: think I've heard a rumor here that a couple of the stunt shots with Arnold diving around because. Is- there are people who make the argument that Arnold looks a bit smaller, because what stuntman couldn't be smaller than Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> but there's a lot of people who think that a lot of those shots are actually JCVD diving around.
0: There, it, there very well could be, but of course in the end, Harry we, and the Hendersons uh, guy plays him in the end. That's right, yeah, the, the actual Hall.
1: Predator. And that guy is great because, I mean, who else can you get? And this guy was like seven foot six. Mm. Yeah. That you could have that's in that muscled suit that looks like, okay, you know, the thing with Arnold that we all love is that he looks like a He Man action figure, <laughs> he looks like something that is so big that he couldn't possibly exist in real life so that when he picks up a truck, you don't fucking think about it. You're like, well, of course he can pick up a truck with bare hands. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you have to create a monster that could look like you could kick his ass. Right. And they pull it off. It's It's kind of amazing. And we got saved by the fact that Stan Winston recreated this monster. And I think it was a conversation that he had on a plane with... James Cameron? Yeah, yeah. Where James Cameron says, I've always wanted to see a monster with mandibles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, shit, yeah. That, I mean, that's
1: mm-hmm. the thing you know, is that the, the, basically you look at the Predator, he's basically a giant mandibled guy with dreadlocks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who dresses in like fishnet, a, a... Fishnet costume. A fishnet shirt yeah. that yeah. has little skulls hanging on it and leather pants. I mean,
3: essentially, he looks like he shops at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, my question with the Predator... It, Predators have spaceships, they have equipment, they have amazing wardrobes, as you said, and (laughs) hair care, like he's got little rubber bands going on. Is he an anomaly amongst the predator species? Is he just a dick? Because <laughs> there must be like a mechanic and a guy who gases up the spaceship yeah. and a whole ecosystem of people. Is there just like in our society, you know, someone will go on safari that works at a, works at a web hosting company or something and they'll shoot a giraffe? Is he essentially <laughs> yes. that in
0: their society? No, he And is. everyone hates them? He is because I contend that he's not a very good hunter for being a ba- alien badass because, one, he needs camouflage fuck he needs a like super tech camouflage that makes him invisible two he needs a laser guided shoulder mounted like like ray gun (laughs) to kill people um, so this
1: is like that thing where Dick Cheney went hunting and they would just shake the pheasants out of a yes, box at you yes. and you would blast
0: them? Yes, it's shooting fish in a fucking barrel. We,
3: we must know that there's at least salesmen in the Predator universe that are Predator salesmen <laughs> <laughs> because someone sold him camouflage that is light-based camouflage while he has heat-based vision. Yeah. <laughs> that is an amazing salesman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I just love the idea that maybe somewhere on the Predator version of Twitter, there's a picture of him like holding up a skinned Shane Black and that the people get. Fucking pissed at him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those no.
3: skinned bodies in the first act, by the way, are horrific. Yeah. I don't oh, know how, do they just find some of those and buy them from the cartel?
0: <laughs> and and no, they're, Viva La Verde or They're where do really they... good. They're really frightening. They, they are, really and they
1: have it so that Billy can look believably taken aback mm-hmm. by them and, and Billy. Channel eleven a...
0: didn't give a fuck. They just showed it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Channel eleven. Oh jeez. Uh, I love it when uh, he's lining up all of the skulls that he's taken and he's sort of like caressing the brow of the skulls. <laughs> I just think like he loves them they're like his dolls, he's gonna put makeup up on them and set up a tea party for all of his skulls mm. <laughs>
1: he has him set up <laughs> i just i kind of love the, the equipment that he has that it's alien enough but you can recognize he's like closing up his wound mm. right and even the predator gets like <laughs> when he has to pull that wound closed i mean little things like that i think are kind of great because he realize it's like you know he's just them but from another planet and an asshole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean he's an asshole compared to them and they gleefully murder people <laughs>
3: Only if it's a rescue mission. Yeah. I'll kill forty, fifty guys, but only if it's a rescue mission. <laughs> That's
1: kind of the same thing a predator has. He won't kill you if you're unarmed. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm a complete monster, but I have one rule.
3: And- Till later. Then Until later. Until later. Then I don't anymore. Right. Then I'll
1: kill the uh, the wounded guy yeah, that you're then, carrying away It'll Then I'll shot yeah. him. Then
3: a fist is a weapon. <laughs> At some point I've changed my idea of what a weapon is. <laughs> oh,
1: I do kind of love that you kind of have this scenario where both of them have this high-tech equipment for their various cultures. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it all goes you down gr- to- mean grenade like,
0: launchers on every fucking gun that all of Arnold's team has? They yeah. all have grenade launchers. Oh, it's like, all the, of them. It's like
1: the size of a Pringles can. That minigun can. doesn't yes. have a
0: grenade launcher. That'd have been overkill.
3: It <laughs> fires more
1: miniguns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> (laughs)
3: let's just have a chainsaw launcher Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah i just love love the the
3: lawn maintenance scene with the (laughs) minigun too
1: (laughs) (laughs) they spend a fucking minute just blasting the jungle just (laughs) (laughs) and what i love the most about that scene and this is like genuinely good filmmaking is that everyone just kind of stops shooting and bill duke is still holding the trigger on that minigun that's out of ammo just whirling and everyone is just holding there with smoking guns and you're like
0: Mm -hmm. Bill Duke is just broken at that point I fucking love Bill Duke yeah, he's got the thousand-yard stare. He's talking to himself. Yeah, It's good. He's great. I, one neat little
1: touch at the end when he goes to get his revenge against the Predator and he's taking his his clothes off and getting down to just
3: sure the he vest. instantly develops a relationship with the guy who just died. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that was my best friend. Right. No, you know, Someone this is the literally hands soliloquy. him a script yeah. edition right there. Right. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Do <laughs> you notice that the the lyrics that he's spitting out is from the Little Richard song from yeah. The Helicopter? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I was Long just like, Sally. That's, that's a
0: really neat little touch. I am I'm I miss hearing uh, Little Richard richard songs in movies i think that kind of went out of vogue in the 80s Now you don't hear about him anymore but you don't sort of certainly fantastic. not in
1: a macho context no i mean he did
0: he did do the theme song to magic school bus so there you he go. got that he's got that going for him oh, yeah they were they did were they, also keeping
1: that school bus low did over they the tell trees him that was a children's show <laughs> <laughs> magic
0: school bus i used to own
3: one of those <laughs> they only do
1: rescue missions mm-hmm. <laughs> but one of the things I kind of love is at the end you know does they... a rescue
3: mission even involve killing everyone between you and your hostage typically as long as one person comes out alive you
1: can call it a rescue mission yeah. otherwise it's just a murder fest <laughs> it's just like it's like it's, it's like once they find out they've been had they're like oh, we, we're here we got all these guns we might as well kill all these guys <laughs> But I just kind of love that they have all this super high tech equipment. Even the predator shit gets broken, mm. and it's down to just fucking Ewok traps. Yeah, Boy
0: Scout shit is what mm. they say. I,
1: boy, I ain't got time for fucking lizards. Yeah, I just love <laughs> Carl Weathers in this movie. But yeah, I just I love that they build uh, they build the trap. They build all kinds of like Home Alone, First Blood type shit.
3: <laughs> well, they become from like a commando team. To a Habitat and Humanity project. They spend like a whole day <laughs> yeah. and they think that their enemies aren't just watching them. Like, yeah, I know where that net is. It's <laughs> one or two
0: guys out there. Chop down a tree, they won't notice that.
3: Arnold makes a homemade bow and
0: arrow yes. in this time. Yes. Oh I, I've got a I've got a I have a very serious question to ask you guys. Is Mudface blackface? <laughs> <laughs> he, it's not racist if
3: it saves Ar- you from an alien.
0: Arnold is a little bit. He's definitely mudface in this movie. He's definitely mudface. I clay. I, was, I thought it was clay. It's he's clayface. There you go. Okay. What well, okay. you not, said was racist. Then no, he's not, <laughs> <then> <laughs> That <laughs> saves it. No, because I was looking and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. This might cross the line. This perhaps it's might not cross the like line. Then he. Started dancing or something, <laughs> or
3: developed an accent for Noah, but <laughs> then that would be racist. That would Wait, be are ridiculous. We, are we ready started... for the Predator now? <laughs> yes. Is that what's going it on It became a rap movie after he crawled out of the river, okay. yeah, then that would be racist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, actually, the bit with the mud is one of my favorite things
3: in this movie because it's so much. Which they stole in First Blood Part 2, by the way. Oh, Fuck you, Stallone. Well, he <laughs> stole a U.S. military soldier guy happening to know how to make and use a bow and arrow, oh, which is okay. my favorite feature of Rambo. Okay. okay. His specialty is the bow and arrow. <laughs> okay. So- <laughs> I guess we're even, guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what I kind of love, though, is that uh, there's this bit, and you never get it. I think in almost any other Arnold movie where Arnold is actually fucking frightened.
0: Yeah. I don't think he's, you get that anywhere else. He's like whimpering at a certain point when end he's calling days. away. Oh, oh end yeah. Of, oh, end of days would yeah, be yeah.
1: You know, he's also a drunk in that movie, so yeah. maybe that helps a little bit. But you get to see <laughs> yeah. Arnold, actually, when he... When sl- that thing with
3: a maid dropped, he was pretty terrified. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you weren't there for the paternity test, huh? Oh. <laughs> Sweating and, sweat and bullets. That was, oh. that was the best episode of Moripovich. <laughs> yeah. The best.
1: But, yeah, I, I love there's that scene where he's sliding down that hill before he goes off the cliff. And he actually goes, oh, shit. (laughs) I got to say, this is my favorite thing about Arnold is it's not just the muscles. It's not just the accent. It's not just the catchphrases. It's the face expressions that this man makes (laughs) because he goes big with everything. Mm -hmm. It's not just his biceps. And yeah, just that him crawling back into the roots of that tree. He looks like he's going to shit his pants. It's like he's the ultimate badass in the world. He is outmatched. And it's that moment where he realized for the first time in the fucking movie, he has an advantage. And then he stopped being
3: scared. <laughs> I I always had to go to bed right when the Indian cut his chest open for no apparent reason. And oh, then, Billy and, does the Gandalf and, on the bridge. No, he screams. No, it
0: sucks because then you don't get to see. You only get to see his spine being ripped out. You don't actually get to see him do one last noble like bullshit macho bullshit attempt to try to like gut the predator with his knife. He just his his death happens off screen. This is like it's not fun. Here's kind of a weird thing that I I
1: realized about this movie when I rewatched it again last night. The white guys die first.
3: It's not something oh. I think. It's usually the, the the cliche that you have in these movies. After 40 Hispanic characters are machine gunned and minigunned and truck thrown at and <laughs> knife through the chest, then yes, the white people do start yeah. dying. Of, of the characters that actually have names, um,
1: the first ones that die are Shane Black and then Jesse Ventura.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's uh, Poncho, the Latino guy.
0: Who was an actual Vietnam
1: veteran, apparently. Yeah, with yeah. He had, he's a guy with a grenade launcher. Yeah. And uh, then after that, you know, I, Bill, I think Billy is the last one aside from Anna, who's the is he the one who
3: gets hit in the full on in the chest with that tree yes. swinging like a swing set? That's the fucking oh yeah, that's a goodness, way that to go looks, out! Oh, it looks, oh, the poor guy's still alive yeah. for thirty yeah. more minutes in the movie. So make sure you watch
1: Return of the Jedi a little different because how many stormtroopers are bleeding out with shattered sternums? <laughs> <laughs> you just go. <going>, <laughs> did only to be finished off by a fucking bear it's with a spear. a bear with a spear. Yeah.
3: Oh, all my nightmares end that way. <laughs>
1: but yeah, that guy... And so the thing is, I was trying to remember this, the time I watched it again last night, because I remember him being carried away to go to the helicopter. And I'm like, wait, does that guy live? Does the guy just... I think he died. No, he gets headshotted. Yeah. The Predator goes poof and shoots him in the side of the fucking head. And it's like, oh, I guess that whole helpless I don't kill you thing is off the table no, now. He,
0: he just missed Arnold. It was oh. it was a missed shot. The Predator is not a very good shot. No. Like when he's when he's shooting from the hip or from the shoulder, I guess, <laughs> and he he's not using the like the little triad uh, you know, laser laser dot or something. He has that, like auto and then it's aim. also like wildly inaccurate or how how much
3: damage it does to you. Mm-hmm. Jesse yeah. the body Venture carterizes his entire he didn't even have time to bleed during his own death yeah right.
1: <laughs> and then when it hits Arnold it doesn't really it's hit him it, him it
3: hits him in the gun. shoulder. yeah it hits him in the no, shoulder you see he has a scratch on his mm. shoulder
1: yeah but it just blows up his gun because they needed him to be unarmed and go all you know first blood on him <laughs> but you know at the end the thing that kills the Predator is that fucking Ewok trap he dies in the same way Poncho does except it hits him from the top <laughs> and it's kind of nice to have it in a movie because usually when you're Fighting an unkillable bad guy and you're setting up traps. The whole point of the movie is the traps are not supposed to work for him. Mm-hmm. One of them fucking finally work is kind of a relief because the whole point is you got to build tension by having everything that you spent that montage building
3: just fucking All fail. Apart. Right. Yeah. Did it once though and none of it worked. <laughs> then he does it again. He's not Arnold's not very smart in this movie. <laughs> he goes back his Lord of the Flies approach twice. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this movie.
1: So, oh, with that, I think we need to get into the two questions that we ask everybody. Of, of at, course. Uh, the first one, is Predator a good movie? Does this movie hold up?
3: Arnold aside, is Predator a good movie? Yeah, I'll stop what I'm doing if it's on a screen near me, and I will watch the rest of it every time.
1: Oh, I love this movie. I, I mean, I really think it's a, a great example of a well-made 80s action film. The, the locations of this movie look great. It does not look cheap. It has a great sense of scale, even though it's only about a couple characters. I mean, the characters themselves are memorable. It feels like any one of the guys in Arnold's team could have
3: been the last guy to survive. Mm-hmm. Except that, Shane Black. Except Shane so Black. That was obviously a gift to Shane. You want to know what acting's like? We'll give you three days on Predator. <laughs> 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 we'll have you reading a comic book at the end so people kind of remember you.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I, I just kind of love the fact that we have a really iconic movie villain that people are still using that... He looks great. I mean, there are so many movies that I have seen that get up to the point that they have the monster reveal, and then you go, oh, come on, man. But he just looks fucking great. He's this giant, muscled,
3: like, Fucking Rob Zombie looking guy. I think he looks better in the first two than he does now. I think he's too polished now. Like Chewbacca, how Chewbacca always goes with a stylist now before he <laughs> he's a lot shinier. before he fights yeah. with the rebels. Right. Chewbacca is very well combed and quaffed nowadays. <laughs> Predator also. He's just too much of a priss. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, I have to say, yes. I mean, it's an, it's an exceedingly good action movie. It's still, with the exception of, like, the pacing problems that I think I'm talking about, that transition from going from balls-to-the-wall action movie to a sort of alien monster movie, you know, like a uh, horror movie. Uh, I think it's incredible the very fact that it spawned a franchise that there's still... Do- I mean, I think Shane... Isn't Shane Black doing... He's writing number three. Yeah, basically yeah. Predator 3. Probably was, directing, too. Um, the fact that it spawned a franchise that was, like, it was so in the in a pantheon of movie aliens that they decided to merge it with the alien <laughs> universe. Like, it's an, it endures.
1: Yeah, it's a, such a well-shot movie, too. And that's the thing, too, is that maybe it's just the context of the order we've watched movies on for this podcast, but we are both big fans of The Running Man, but The Running Man in many ways looks like a TV movie. Right. It doesn't look visually interesting. Where everything in this movie could be so fucking boring with them just running around the California woods or something. Or the desert or any other place that would have been cheap, but it looks so sweaty and so oily and so gross that you actually feel a sense of relief when Arnold falls in the water or gets covered in clay because it looks like he's finally cool <laughs> for the first time. It just—it feels so oppressive and just closed in and claustrophobic. And there's so many scenes, that, like we talked about this before the last time we watched it together, is that the day for night in this movie is actually good. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that never looks good. It just makes everything look really blue. And I, I think this is just a great-looking movie. But we, the real question... We didn't, we didn't know. We didn't mention it at all oh, Alan yeah.
0: Silvestri's score.
1: Oh, God. I think we can do an impression of the score right now. <laughs> so if you could follow me on this real quick and just okay. go... Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. 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 Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun
0: It's fucking great. If it sounds like Back to the Future, it's why? Because it's the same same guy.
1: It sounds like a lot of the same music (laughs) where Doc (laughs) is getting the DeLorean ready to go Back to the Future. It's it's fucking great. And it still works. It has a little digitized touches in it, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where it just. Alan Silvestri has his ability to make everything sound fucking huge and epic. And you realize that, I mean, Back to the Future is huge and epic, despite the movie about a dude who just wants to make his parents fuck.
2: I mean, that's all he wants to do.
1: <laughs> and deal with a high school bully. But it feels big, and Ellen Silvestri is so good in that. I, oh, God, it's fucking great. So here's the big question, guys. Yes. Is this a good Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Is this a movie that belongs in what we like to call the Schwarzenegger canon?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I—we just have complete unanimity here. Right? Yes, of I, course. I, I
3: give this
1: not only—I give this.
3: A f- I'd put it in the holy trilogy of Arnold movies myself. Absolutely.
1: Like, yeah. Oh, I give this a fuck yes. Sure. There have been movies that I've given a marginal pass to, but I think this is the first double-fisted fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, this movie is so full of absurd macho bullshit, which is again. That's the, the measuring stick we use to, to judge an Arnold movie. It has so much absurd macho bullshit that he has to subcontract it out to like six other guys so they can pick up the pace of all the catchphrases. <laughs> the original Expendables. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. A it has better plot. The most yeah. macho slash homoerotic <laughs> handshake of all time. Oh, my goodness. It goes on a minute. It's that wonderful <laughs> dance between those two things that you can pull off and we pull it off. It's fucking glorious. It's just enough to make... You both kind of pump your fist in joy, but also you know you can giggle at it because you know there's people in the audience that are just a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) It's got, again, if this movie was nothing but the scene of them attacking the bad guy camp, that scene alone is one of the most macho movies of all time. I mean, this has got stuff with stuntmen bursting into flames. It's got stuntmen... Falling out of trees after getting knocked away by an explosion. And it's got stuntman on fire getting knocked away from explosions. <laughs> Two of my favorite stunts thrown together. Guys on fire, catapulting while screaming. I fucking love it. This movie is full of exploding helicopters and scorpions and catchphrases. It's got Arnold hucking machetes at people. Holy fucking God. Arnold, <laughs> Carl Weathers severed arm firing as it falls to the ground with that rubbery bounce oh my god arnold blasting the bad guy through the back of the cabin you've got oh holy shit i mean it's got
0: so many catchphrases not, not to speak nothing of, of arnold's entrance where he's the last guy off the helicopter in a hawaiian shirt lighting a cigar oh that's i mean that was i think that's the beginning of his cigar tromping persona right there and, and notice that he's always got cigars that it looks
1: like he's been smoking for a long time. Right, mm. right. So either he's got a bunch of half-done ones. He's like a real cheapskate. I mean, maybe that's where Carl Weathers <laughs> learned it. <laughs> he's just bumming these off of people. But yeah, he always has a little stub of a cigar in his mouth. And I just I just, I just, love it. It's got catchphrases out the wazoo. Yeah. Get to the chopper. Yeah, that's where this came from. Ain't got time to bleed. If it bleeds, we can kill it. This movie is fucking glorious. <laughs> this yes. movie is a walking 1980s orgasm. <laughs> so much muscles and baby oil and
2: explosions.
1: <laughs> and I honestly, looking forward to the rest of the movies
0: that we're going to cover on this podcast, this is a measuring stick. Yeah. it's it, And we talked about this because we're going to be talking about a lot of Arnold movies, not... Necessarily, all of them at the same quality and grandeur as Predator. (laughs) So it'll be really, it's going to be really hard to top this. I think it's it is really hard to top this because it's near the peak of his his sort of ability. You know, it's
1: the things that you want. I think out of an Arnold movie, when you go, I want to watch a movie about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you have this checklist that's immediately formed in your mind. Mm -hmm. I think this forms all of them.
0: Right. I mean, and to say nothing about it being the the prescient. the predictor of who who are going to be governors of American states. Two future governors yeah. in this movie. I think yeah, the yeah. only Arnold
1: checklist lines that don't get taken off in I'll, this movie- I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. Also, Arnold killing somebody in a bathroom and a scene of Arnold nudity. I think those are the yeah, only there's no, things- there's no Arnold ass in this movie. He is shirtless for a huge chunk of it, though. Yeah. And he does have that scene where that crazy war cry where he's covered in mud with his home boat.
0: <laughs> I wondered, was that him or did they have another actor do, a, uh, do an Arnold-like cry? Because it's obviously ADR. I, it's ADR, but I bet you that's Arnold. Arnold mm. can do some crazy wounded animal
1: noises when he <laughs> needs
2: to. <laughs> he's got
1: such a specific voice mm. that you can bring people in, but they're not going to sound as good as a real thing. Holy shit, guys. (laughs) Incredible. Oh, if I wasn't sitting down now, I would say I'd need to sit down for a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Shit. Oh, so thank you, Jeremy Whitman from Rated 80s Podcast. Uh, So, Jeremy, uh, if people want to find out more about you on the internet and the projects you're working on, where do they find you?
3: Oh, Rated80s.com, or you can track us down on Facebook, or you could just, I guess, look me up and send a person to find me. (laughs) (laughs) probably somebody won't follow you through the uh, trees as long as it's someone who only does rescue missions not not assassinations (laughs) assassinations.
1: but you're also a stand-up comedian oh yeah I got got some
3: shows usually you can find me at whitman.space if I got shows I'll get them on the calendar there and you can find me all around the country from uh, Tacoma to Federal Way <laughs> this <laughs> month, but all over sometimes. You're a globetrotter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes as far
0: east as Kent, <laughs> as far south as Olympia. A, a little Western Washington mm-hmm. humor for you folks there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look it up. <laughs> so,
1: Jeremy Whitman, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you guys so much. This was fun. Holy shit. I think I'm going to need to take a shower now. Over there. <laughs> over here.
2: Turn around. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Doink. you got to get that scorpion. Oh, see you guys in a couple months. I need to go sit down for a little bit. Take care. Podcast "The La Vista Baby is a production of Radio vs. the Martians and is hosted by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. This podcast is recorded in Tacoma, Washington and edited by Mike Gillis. Our original theme music was written and performed by James Wetzel with opening narration by Dan Lombardo. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, and Dan Lombardo. Please take the time to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us online at podcastalavistababy.com and com. i